It's time to pull up a chair and open your Bible for today's Bible study segment of Naomi's Table. Now, here's our teacher, Ruth Christian. Hello, everyone. It's good to be with you again. In chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, the emphasis was placed on trusting Christ so that we may overcome the world. The key to trusting Christ is to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I mean, we've been over and over, and I hope we've gotten this truth, but it's so important. But how do we know that Jesus Christ is God? What do we know for sure? John will answer the last question all the way to the um, end of the chapter. In all, this chapter helps us in our assurance of salvation which starts with the assurance that Jesus is God. Now, really, John returns to a theme he started in the beginning of the letter, the real historical foundation for our trust in Jesus Christ. In chapter 1, verse 1, those verses, those introductory verses, 1 through 3, the emphasis was on what was seen and heard and looked upon and handled. Real stuff, real people, real things. Just like water and blood are real, so was the coming of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Now, John presents three infallible witnesses to prove that Jesus is God. Now, let's read our verses for today, verses 6 through 8. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Okay, now, John makes it clear that the Jesus he speaks of is not the Gnostic Jesus, the one that's a phantom, the phantom Jesus who was so holy that he had nothing to do with the world and, you know, he didn't have the real body. The Jesus we must believe on is the Jesus who came by water and blood, the Jesus who was part of a real material world and he had a flesh and blood body. Christ came by water and blood. John is saying here. He makes the point that it was not just water. He tells, it it was both. And then he tells us that the spirit of truth bears witness of this. John says in 8b, the spirit, the water, and the blood agree as one. In between these truths, um, verse 6 and then 8b, the spirit, the water, and the truth agree as one. In between these truths, there are words that were not in the earliest sets of manuscripts that, uh, that most of our good word-for-word word translations come from. My, my Bible actually has a note that tells us that, and that only some late manuscripts contain the words. Now, the words added reflect truth that we do find in the Bible. So it's not adding something, you know, that we have no other place. Most Bible teachers say that the best translation is to not have them there. Why they were added, no one knows. This is added fuel to the fire of controversy over the Trinity. 
whether they are placed in there or not, it does not change any main doctrine of our faith. Now, and, and let's, I'll explain. Let's, let's get to what I'm getting at here. First, let's read these verses without the added words to get the flow of thought. Here's what was in the original manuscripts. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness, the Spirit, the water, the blood, and these three agree as one. Now, these verses, even with the added words taken out, and again, what were the added words? It's talking about the witness in heaven the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Obviously, we have that teaching in the Bible. But when you take this out, you take that out, um, you still have verses that are some of the most highly debated verses in the Scriptures. Through the centuries, there have been many different ideas about exactly, you know, what John meant when he said Jesus came by water and blood. Good Bible teachers who believe in the inerrancy of Scripture and that all of the Bible is God-breathed debate as to what the water and the blood are. Now, uh, just a note here, we've posted in the notes for the lesson, for this lesson on, on the website, the Naomi's Table website, a more thorough explanation of all that, um, and I took it from David Guzik's commentary on this on these verses and I think you'll find it interesting I I I do so you can go there and get an understanding of the different views but through the centuries there have been many different ideas about exactly what John meant by this phrase now here are the main views some believe the water speaks of our own baptism and the blood speaks of receiving communion and that John writes of how Jesus comes to us in the two Christian sacraments of baptism and, did I say John, how Jesus comes to us anyway, in the two Christian sacraments of of baptism and communion. He came by water and blood. This verse seems to be, to, to write of something, however, that was in the past, because it says, came by water and blood, not something that would be ongoing. Then others believe that water and blood describes the water and blood which flowed from Jesus' side when he was stabbed with a spear on the cross. Yet if this was John's meeting, it's unclear again how it can be said that Jesus came by water and blood. Still others uh, believe the, the water spoke of Jesus' first birth, being born of the waters of the womb, and the blood speaks of his death. If this is the case, all all that says really is that he was completely human. Then the Gnostics would have said, well, then he can't be God. That wouldn't be a very good defense by John to the Gnostics that Jesus was God, only that he was man. The last explanation is the oldest recorded one, actually, in understanding this passage. It was first recorded by the ancient Christian Tertullian, and it's the view that that John means the water of Jesus' baptism 
and the blood of his crucifixion. Really, the beginning and the end of his ministry here on earth. Now, there are good points to be made in all views. It's the last one that I believe John is talking about here, but we can agree to disagree. But let me explain then, if we look at it that way, about his baptism and his crucifixion and why I believe this. The first witness, then, is the water. John refers to Jesus' baptism when the Father spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. At the same time, the Spirit descended like a dove and rested on him. This was the Father attesting to his Son at the beginning of his ministry, Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. And we have the Spirit coming in power on Jesus. So we see the Trinity. The second witness, the blood, his blood shed on the cross. Well, the Father witnessed that event there as well, and we have it in the scriptures. He did it through his miracle power, supernatural darkness, the earthquake, and the rending of the, of the temple veil. Now, we need, uh, just a quick note here. Jesus did not receive the Christ at his baptism and lose it at the cross. This false teaching was present in John's day and is present today. On both occasions, the Father witnessed the deity of his Son. All right, and then the third witness is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit also bears witness to the true person of Jesus. Even as Jesus promised he would, he says, he says, uh, he will testify of me, he will glorify me, he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. That's John 15 and John 16. The Holy Spirit is the only one active on earth today who was present when Jesus was ministering here. The Holy Spirit witnesses with the heart of the believer. We've previously spent time talking about the witness of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So the Spirit, the water, and the blood, these are all consistent witnesses and telling us who Jesus is. And these three agree as one. So John's desire in these verses has been to assure us that Jesus is God. Well, they're interesting verses indeed. And this gives us enough to think about for today. Until next time, stay close to Jesus and keep looking up.